Good morning. Welcome to the Big Bowl of Twine podcast. This is Randall, episode 24. Talking today about the phrase, change is hard, change is difficult, change is inevitable. And really, a bigger picture look at how those cliches or phrases play out in our lives, in my life. So, here we go. Strap in. Let's see where it goes. All right, it's uh, a lovely morning, and uh, cool, but not cold. Spring is finally here and full force, and I'm out a little bit later than usual, looking at a half moon in the sky and rotating around to see the sun in another, oh, half an hour or so. I wanted to talk today about, uh, well, I guess limiting judgments that we sort of live by, but we don't pay attention to. So I think I've mentioned this phrase before, kind of one of my little pet peeves, and it got my attention a long time ago, and it's something I use to keep myself um on top of things, I guess, is a good way to put it, aware of what's going on in my world and what I'm thinking and feeling. And So the phrase is, change is difficult or change is hard. I personally have a struggle with that phrase because it's very limiting and it seems to be something that my culture, anyway, believes in kind of a biblical sense, like it's written on the tablets of Moses or something that change is hard it's difficult it's demanding it's it's none of those things change just is there is not any moment on this planet at any given time that change isn't happening I'm changing the air as I walk through it I'm changing the world as I record this I'm changing the world by breathing, by moving oxygen into carbon dioxide and sharing that back out into the world. I'm changing the world as it is all the time. And we're all doing that and all the animals are doing it and whatever you believe, whether it's God or source or the universe, is constantly changing. And it's not that it's difficult or hard. It's just that as humans, I think we're just resistant as fuck to anything that sounds like change. And I think we learn that. I think we learn to be resistant. For some reasons, I think it's okay. And I just want to point out it's a little bit breezy this morning. So anytime I turn north, it's going to be a little breezy in the microphone probably. So bear with me on my walk today as we head north a few times on this walk. Um, I'll try to minimize that direction as we go. Um, I think our culture has made that, like I said, something that we believe. And beliefs and notions and ideas 
are so incredibly limiting, especially when we don't question them. Well, maybe that's the only time they're limiting is because we don't check we don't check on ourselves, we don't check the we don't check the math, we don't do the proof, we don't ask ourselves is is it true? We don't really think about a lot of stuff that people say. And words are limiting only in the way that we take them in. So again, words are like the cake. Words just are. And we pile on a bunch of stuff. We pile on the frosting on words and meaning and and we decide how to deal with the world based on our, I was going to say preconceived, but they're not preconceived thoughts and notions. They're things we learned, things we were taught, and now they are judgmental. Preconceived is just another way of saying I'm judging it. I'm seeing it before I give it much chance. I'm preconceiving it. So I'm judging it. So when someone says life is hard, I hear people jump right on that bandwagon. And sure enough, I think that's very self-fulfilling. I have been in the presence of many people in my life who I think that's their middle name is life is hard, all one word. It's unfortunate in some ways, but it is exactly how that's supposed to be for them until it's not. And it is what it is for them. And if there's anything I hope for those people who really believe that and take that to heart is that they'll investigate that and notice one day that that's not really true. Those are just words. And it has been my experience that when we, I, it's been my experience, my experience says I have seen that when I um, question that or investigate that, that phrase, when it comes up for me, I'm noticing that it's giving me an out it's giving me a way to not do something that might be scary or difficult or maybe just scary because I think that's why people say change is difficult or change is hard because I think there's a fear there that whatever is going to happen in this change, we're not going to like it or it's not going to fit what we want or it's not going to make life gravy train, right? It's not going to be easy. And yet, change is nothing more than what it is. It's just change. When I'm walking along and the air is coming at me, I'm coming at the air. The air is always moving. Like I just said, it's kind of a breezy morning. So the air is changing what we call barometric pressure all the time. It is changing our weather, right? Wind is weather as we experience it. So it's always changing. Otherwise, we wouldn't need a weather forecast. We read the weather and we see it's going to rain or it's going to snow or it. That's a whole other podcast. What is it when we say it? It's what? Who and what is raining? (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, I have to write that one down and come back to that one because that's a whole other concept. 
Um, so we check the weather to see what's going to come in the future as far as weather goes. And maybe it's going to rain or it's going to snow, like you said. And then we prepare for it. So we're preparing for change on a really basic level. We prepare for change as like the weather moves, right? It's interesting to me that we are essentially triggered by the words change or by the activity of change into a place in our past after we learned that change is hard. So I don't think we're born and two years old, well, maybe by two we've been taught that, but when we're born, all we care about is finding that breast and that's, you know, locking eyes with mama and making sure we're safe and we got a place to eat. And we know that that's our home. And eventually we detach from that home in many, many ways until we're out in the world like I am doing my thing without a mom in the world, without my mom. All of that in between, between being born and losing my mom, every split second of that time was change. And the reason I bring the triggering part in is like I'm walking along right now and change is happening. I'm moving through this walk and I'm talking and all around me, people are waking up and doing their thing and cars are driving by and people are walking their dogs and they're all changing themselves as they go and their bodies are changing all the time. It's not a um, mystery that our bodies are changing all the time. Getting older, we're going to die, we're going to get sick, we're going to, everything about us will fall apart, and it is one of the truths in the world. As soon as you're born, death is out there somewhere in the future, and along the way, you'll grow and maybe learn some things, and all that time your body is changing, and at some level, even though you're growing as a child, your parts of you are dying so that you can grow new parts, new cells, new, at a really early age, you're just a couple of cells and you become something and parts of you split off and become a liver and a kidney and a hand and an arm and an eyeball and all those things are growing and changing. But in the process of growing and changing, they are shedding off old dead cells so change is happening all the time, all the time. Even just in the process of saying those words, I've walked eight feet or 10 feet. What was in that space before I arrived there has now changed because I have disrupted the space just by walking through it. Was that hard? <laughs> it was not hard. Was it difficult? Nope, not difficult. I didn't really want to get out of bed half an hour ago. I wanted to stay in my warm, cozy covers, and but I have been wanting to record this for the past couple mornings, and it's been super windy out, so I was unable to do that. I could have done it in my house or whatever, but if you've been listening for a while, you know that this is my 
my more creative time, the morning time, and out on my walks, this stuff just kind of happens. Source, the universe, whatever, speaks to my, um, whatever it is that picks up on these things, my rental radar or whatever you want to call it, better in the morning. I'm sharper and more attuned to the world in the morning. So I got out of bed and I got my walking stuff on and off I go. And all of that time I'm changing the world around me. If I stay in bed, that's not um, having the same effect as walking through this place that I'm walking, right? So I had something happen last night. I was needing to take a phone call that was really important to me and I needed to have some sort of quiet time to do that so I could focus on what was going to be discussed. And so I walked out to the cemetery where I often do some quiet time because nobody out there is going to interrupt me. <laughs> They're busy doing their thing. Um, and when I got out there, before I was on the call, I was walking through this back area that's undeveloped. There used to be a farm there. And so half of the cemetery is green grass, like you'd expect a cemetery with tombstones. And then the other half is this back my back property, I guess you'd call it. And it used to be, all of that used to be a farm. Even the cemetery years and years ago used to be a farm. And that farm, while the barn is gone, oh, I think it's still there. The rubble's still there at the back part of the property. But um, it's all pretty um, undeveloped anymore. There's some benches that have been put up out there. And it's... Um, pretty quiet, um, pretty peaceful for me. And so we've turned north. So if you get some wind noise again, my apologies. Um, so I was walking and I don't know if you've ever felt this way, like someone's watching you or something's behind you. I know that I grew up in a world where my safety was not guaranteed and so I'm pretty aware of my surroundings most of the time as a consequence of that time in my life and I felt the presence of something and I turned 180 degrees and looked behind me and there was a coyote which is not uncommon in this area but it was quite close to me 50 feet maybe and it stopped and looked at me and I looked at it and I gave it a little hello and how you doing and sort of watched it and it kind of circled around me to my right, keeping a safe distance, 50 to 70 feet maybe. That went on for a while. I kept walking through and in fact, I started the phone call while I was walking along and the coyote was walking with me. and. I even let the person know that I was on the phone with them and I was with a coyote and I was so enamored with the situation that I took a picture of the coyote, which came out as just a brown blur because it was 
very late in the evening and the sun had gone down quite a while ago and sent it to the person I was speaking to. What I really noticed was how I changed that coyote's world. So until I arrived there, I'm assuming there wasn't much activity. And I think the coyote, through talking with the person I was talking with on the phone, we thought that maybe that person was, um, or that coyote, I mean, was uh, maybe protecting its young. It's that time of year, and I know that there are baby coyotes, coyotes out there in the um, spring. So it walked along with me for quite a while, and I really enjoyed the the time that we had together. Probably lasted three minutes total. And then I walked in a different way because I, in consultation with the person I was talking to, thought it might be better to go a different direction, that I might be disturbing this um, female coyote and maybe its den was nearby and it was a little bit protective. So the reason I bring that up, like I alluded to before, is I changed that coyote's world. I believe I changed that coyote's world. That's my story. Um, in the moment, I felt like I was maybe in its world a little too much. And while I recognize it's chosen a piece of property that is completely surrounded by housing to live in its world, in its world that space is maybe, hmm, I would say 20 acres, maybe, maybe more. So it's not a small space, but it's also surrounded by people. So it has made that choice at some level to live there, possibly because there's so many people. There's not a lot of predators around except for, you know, human predators. Um, so I'm changing its world, right? I'm walking through its world, which is, of course, all of our world, but it's part of the world. And I'm changing it. I'm appearing in its world and I'm walking through a space that it is occupying before me, I assume. And there was nothing hard about that, right? There's just me walking, coyote, little interaction with my voice to the coyote, not much more than that. And that's how change works. It changed me. So this person that was, I was going to talk to on the phone that I eventually dialed up. We don't say dial anymore. Maybe one day I'll grow up and live in the real world that we live in now and say, I called this person. <laughs> All I had to do is touch a little button. And I thanked that person right away for the situational process that got me to that space in that moment of time to be with this coyote and witness it and have some time with it and then have a little learning between us, between me and the person on the phone and do some guesswork and decided that maybe it would be good to move on because she might be following me to see what I'm doing. I thanked the person on the phone and I felt very grateful and fortunate in that moment that a number of things, well, 
I say this often, but the billions of things that had to happen since the beginning of whatever time you want to call it, whether it's biblical or the Big Bang or who knows what came before the Big Bang, even if you don't believe in any of those things, some amount of time and space and things had to happen for me to be in a space to take that call in that moment and that person who I was calling also had to do all of those things in that person's life to be in that space to make the call while I'm witnessing this coyote which if I had not taken that call I would have been somewhere else so call that serendipity call that fate call it shit happens whatever um, I notice those things I pay attention to the beauty I call it beauty or grace or wonder um, that happens when two things come together to make change so our lives me and this person on the phone had spent all the changes that we had to make it to a point where I'm dialing, sorry, I'm calling this person on the phone while this coyote's there. And I just notice the grace of that. And it all comes about because of change. When I say things happen to make that, that put us in a certain place, Everything that happens is a change because nothing stays the same. So change is not difficult. Change is literally inevitable. It cannot be stopped. Change is just happening. Change happened in a number of ways just in the last couple of days for me to be on this call with this person. And in the process of the call, my life was changing because I was doing things that I would not have been doing speaking things I would not have been speaking if that call had not been taking place. Other change would have taken place, right? Other change happened. You know, you could you could extrapolate that out and say, well, what if I didn't go, what if I didn't walk to the cemetery and see the coyote and make this call? What if I, in some parallel reality, was in my car and witness something, I don't know, a crime or an event, and my life went in that direction, right? Whatever it is, I went to the store. I, I didn't leave my house. There's so many other realities that can happen that move us out of a certain, or move us to a certain reality that we are going to experience. Of course, we have to pay attention, but because lots of realities happen and we're not even kind of noticing it. Um, and a good example is in the park that I'm circling, there are a number of crows um, looking for scraps. There's a couple of baseball fields here and it looks like based on the white lines on the peel field, sorry, tongue twisting there, Based on the lines on the field, it looks like they had games here yesterday, and it appears that the crows are looking for scraps left behind by little people and big people. And I noticed that while I'm walking and talking to you. I'm noticing um, the roses that are all blooming right now 
Um, this, there's landscaping in this area that includes roses, and I love roses, and so I noticed them. But I also noticed the other plants that are around, and I noticed the people just trying to notice my surroundings, and not in a bad way, like I talked about earlier, not being like stressed about it, but, um, and even that's not a bad way, it's just the way it is for me at this point in my life, um, and just paying attention to what's going on around me, there they are, <laughs> somebody found something, he's calling their friends, um, just paying attention, noticing what's happening. And that's what happened last night when I was on the phone. I noticed what was happening, that this call was happening. And then noticing the change that was being affected during that time. Paying attention to how my life is unfolding and noticing the changing at all, all the time. It's changing all the time. And I know that there are parts of change that are, how do I put this, not really out in our control exactly. I mean, ultimately, if you live in a state in the United States that has tornadoes and you choose to stay living in that area, you will expose yourself to the possibility of being in a tornado, right, in an event like that. I only bring that up because I lived in the Midwest and that's an easy example for me. But I also live in a place where they have earthquakes. And while I live in a place that's sort of immune to them, they happen. And I have lived in places where they happen daily, little tremors all day long, basically. And you just kind of stop noticing. I stop noticing anyway for the littler ones, the ones that are kind of happening all the time. And really, to circle back, the Earth is always changing too. So tectonic plates are moving and faults are rubbing up against each other and tremendous pressure and earthquakes underground that are small. And we only pay attention when the big ones light up our life, right? That's when we pay attention, whether it's on the news or we feel it ourselves. That's when all of a sudden we are woken from our sleepy earthquake world and reminded that the Earth can do some pretty amazing things when it feels like doing it. Those changes are not necessarily completely of our choice. Like I didn't choose to, well, I don't know. Did I choose to be a human being? See, that's the thing is often when I ask something, I right away start to question it before I even finish the sentence. Um, so I don't, I don't really know if I chose to be here, but let's assume for the time that we're talking here that I'm a human and I end up here. I don't know if it was by choice. I have no way to know that right now. I know there are people that believe we do and people that believe we're just an organism that's part of this earth. Bada bing, bada boom, that's it. Um, my opinion is not important in this, this part of what we're talking about. What's important is We are here on this earth, and earthly things happen that are out of our control. I can't control. Well, again, I just stop and ask myself, is that true? If I'm 
doing fracking, am I creating conditions that are bad for the planet in that there are beliefs that fracking creates change underground. I don't need to get into the technical part, but so if I'm a person who maybe owns a company or I'm a worker who does fracking, yes, I am possibly creating earth events that are in my control, but I try to I'll try to finish my thought here because it's like I said, I I question what I think and say kind of as it's coming out of my mouth. So let's assume for this discussion that we are here on this planet, sort of assuming that we're here not of our choice. We just are. We're humans and we're on this planet and this is our human experience. I'm not gonna question that anymore today. <laughs> So he says, um, and if that's true, how much of that is choice? Doesn't really matter. We're here, right? So let's just assume that. And now things start to happen. The changes are happening all the time. Like I said, the weather, a good example is the earth is rotating right now at like 900 and something miles an hour, 990 miles an hour or something like that. And I don't feel that, but the earth is changing as it's rotating. It swells out at, in the middle through centrifugal forces. If it was to stop, the earth would change shape. would be more spherical. Changes happening right there. There's a, a black bird carrying what looks like nesting material off into the distance, plucked it off the ground right in front of me, watched me walk by, and then when I walked, went past, it flew off too. I'm still watching it. Flew into that tree. Change is always happening. Was that change difficult for that bird? I don't know that a bird gives a crap. Just does what it does, and I don't know that for a fact. Maybe they're far more intelligent than we give them credit for obviously they're smart enough to build a nest without a book right they don't they don't sit down on the internet or in the old days like i did go off to the library and deal with the dewey decimal system to find a book about how to build a nest the the premise that is given to us when we're little it's a cultural thing is that change is difficult, change is hard. And it's not, it's just, it just is. If you pay attention, I'm asking you to challenge yourself today to look around, pay attention to how much change is happening that is completely out of your control. Trees are growing, grass is growing, weather's changing, earth is rotating. I mean, geez, I, if I spent the rest of the day talking about little details that are changing. I wouldn't even put a dent in all the things that are happening. Just so much going on all the time. And I don't think there's a species on the planet that frets over it like we do, that ponders it, that frets over it, that ruminates, that dissects change at all. I think we're the only species that does that. 
I don't think whales think much about change. They're just being whales. Like the bird with the nesting material is just being a bird. So be a bird today, be a whale today, and just be part of the change. Notice it around you, be part of it. Don't fight it off, because you can't. Okay, that's really the point of all this, is you can't fight it off. Yeah, you can attempt to make change. You can you can attempt to alter things maybe in a way that you think is more productive or more comfortable or maybe harder. That's what your choice is. You can make those choices and you will affect some change. I'm not saying that we can't control some things. We absolutely can. I am controlling my day right now. I'm controlling the changes that happens by just making choices, right? Whatever those choices are. When do I eat? When do I brush my teeth? When do I do my podcast? When do I whatever? I make my day as I go, sometimes with a plan. Today, my day does not have much of a plan other than recording this and posting it later. The rest of my day, I'm kind of taking as it comes, as it is presented to me. And I think that's where some of the discomfort lies with people who don't, um, they, I don't want to say they don't, people who subscribe to the notion that change is difficult or hard or a struggle is that they don't listen to what's happening around them and accept that that is just part of living. It's just part of being a human. It's part of living on this planet. It's a huge part, too. It's not like some small thing. There are small incremental changes that happen all the time, but on the scale of this planet, there are so many changes happening. Like I said, I can't even hardly go there because it's such a huge amount, such a huge number, a huge um, idea. I'm wondering to myself as I'm walking, just wondering how different my world would be if I had noticed this when I was younger if I had not been taught that change is hard or difficult, if I had not been a part of that um, notion, right? Maybe not been a part of that idea, maybe not bought into it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Maybe what would my life have been had I not bought into that? There are things that I know that I didn't do because I believe that. A number of things that I did not do because I thought it was too hard and we require change and we require sacrifice and danger or um, certainly fear kept me from doing those things I let fear stand in the way of doing those things I mean this podcast is a choice right I chose to I chose to listen to what was being said to me in whatever 
way that it came to me and decided it was time to do this. And I don't have many listeners, but thank you for those who do. I appreciate you. Not because I get anything out of it, because I don't. I don't get money or um, I don't get gold stars on my forehead like in kindergarten when I was little. I just do it because this is what I feel like doing. But I had to make a choice. I had to learn to do it. I had to I had to buy a microphone and then not use it and try to find software and that was free because I don't have the money to pay for software to do this and a place to host it that was free and um, figure out how to get it out into the world. Um, and I was able to do those things because I chose to do that. I chose to walk past the words, this is going to be hard because I questioned it. Just because someone says it doesn't make it true. Has a big part of my life right now, dealing with people in my life who are saying things and they believe they're true, and it has consequences in my world. It's very frustrating that people just say what they feel like saying, and other people think it's true just because someone said it. Just nothing I say is true just because I say it. It's just me saying something. It's true for me, and I don't deny that what they think is true. But when you talk about someone else, and you, and that someone else is me, and I know that what they're saying is not true, that's very frustrating. That is change. That is how change shows up in that way. Change in that way shows up with people talking about me or saying things about me that are not true and me feeling the desire to correct them, making that choice to correct it by change, right? Change what's being put out there by, well, defending myself, right? It's a choice I make. I could do it different. I could do that different, absolutely. I could choose to not say anything. I think I remember someone saying that when we choose to speak, it's because we've run out of grace. We've run out of centeredness. And certainly when I feel defensive, I have run out of grace for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. When I am being defensive, I definitely uh, have been triggered in some way and in this way. Um, My character, my ego, my pride has been damaged and I feel the need to defend myself against that change, right? That's change. So I just ask that today uh, we'll both do this. I'm going to do this too because I do this pretty much all day. Look at what you're believing. Look at what you're noticing. Question it. And I'd ask you to question that statement that change is difficult, change is hard. And they'd even ask you to question change is inevitable. Because really, I can't even support that. Change is inevitable. 
the way that reality presents itself offers up the mystery of whether it's inevitable, like saying always and should and never, oh, always and never exactly are those kinds of things, always and never inevitable. Um, I think that it's a good idea to take some time and look at those things that we've been taught. I could come up with many things I've been told in my lifetime that I believed as some biblical gospel and have found out later with some investigation and really didn't take much time, didn't take more than a minute or two on some of these things to go, that's a bunch of crap. That was a bunch of crap. And I believed it. And then I feel some shame or some embarrassment that I didn't question it years ago. So I do that now. I present them to myself and I investigate them. And it frees me up. It takes away some of the burdens that I have chosen to carry. It frees up my spirit, frees up my heart to love better, love more. I remember we've talked about this before. What happens if we reduce suffering? What what would I do if I didn't suffer, right? What would I do? What would I look like? Well, I wouldn't be someone drooling in a cup, sitting in a corner. I feel more space in my life, more spaciousness in my life, more room. When I ask these questions that have been holding me back or holding me down on my own, myself doing that to myself, when I ask those questions... I free myself up. I free that space up for something more creative. Or maybe just a place to take a deep breath and go, wow, that was messed up. I can't believe I believed that stuff. It's so messed up. So I'm going to leave you with that. And I'll leave you with questioning those ideas that you have decided are truth, your gospel, your biblical ideas, your written in stone Moses tablet ideas that you go by that you are inflexible with or are unconscious with that you don't even think about. So no break today in the middle, just me walking. Chose not to um, work out this morning, taking a day off from working out. So I'm just walking today. Um, so I'm going to take the rest of my morning to finish up this walk and enjoy the things that I see along the way on my way back home. And uh, thank you for coming. We'll catch up with you next time. Hey, thanks for dropping in. I appreciate you coming and listening. If you have a question or comment you'd like to pass on to me or have me answer at another time on another podcast, you can send that to bbotpodcast at gmail.com. And on your way out, I offer that you hit the subscribe or follow button. And in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your day and be kind to yourself and be kind to others. <laughs>